tonight. We are joined by Sam and Michaela from Head Start Blackpool. We are joined by my co-host Damien and Sam, and we've also got a couple of young carers with us. We're going to be talking about resilience and what it means to us, what it means to young people. I'm going to pass you over to Sam and Michaela from Head Start, and they're going to tell us all about the resilience revolution. First of all, tell us what Head Start is. So Head Start is in six areas across the country and it originally came about as a result of tackling young people's challenges with mental health. Blackpool was identified with one of the areas along with Hull, Wolverhampton, Kent, Newham and Cornwall and obviously Blackpool being the sixth area. There was various different pilot phases and then the big five-year Head Start six areas that continued started in 2015. Uh, we did find out recently that due to the impact of the pandemic that we are now continuing until July 2022. So by that time we'll have been in Blackpool for around five and a half, six years or so. Um, and as I said, the, uh, the ethos of the Head Start areas and the purpose is around trying to support young people around um, challenges and difficulties with, with, with mental health and wellbeing. Uh, very much with a focus on uh, what we call bullying, bullying resilience, beating the odds whilst changing the odds. So the focus on the beating the odds stuff is around supporting young people and families in the day-to-day -day immediacy of the challenges that they will have. And then the change in the odds is this idea of looking at systems and how they can in part cause or contribute to the challenges that young people and families face. Uh, and we have a social justice approach to that. So Head Start Blackpool is uh, the, the, the lottery funding that the, pro, that the town was fortunate to receive. And through that, our approach has been by creating a resilience revolution. So some people in Blackpool may have heard Head Start Blackpool and resilience revolution used interchangeably, and that's why. Okay. You mentioned there that you work with young people. What age is, is, do you work with specifically? Is there a cap? Like from lowest to high, at what, what age range do you guys work with? So within Head Start Blackpool, it's been mostly 10 to 16 year olds. So um, we've worked across all of our primary, secondary and SEND schools in Blackpool. Um, 10 to 16 through uh, things like uh, resilience committees, which is whereby we would encourage schools to get a group of young people. But whereas traditionally opportunities in school might go to, you know, your sort of uh, stereotypical ha house captains, head boy, head girl, those kind of, uh, you know, sort of young people that maybe uh, uh, traditionally maybe made the most of those kind of opportunities, we would always encourage schools to give those opportunities to people that maybe might be a little bit quieter, maybe traditionally might not have had those opportunities to engage with opportunities in schools. Um, so that's very much like sort of a head start Blackpool remit 10 to 16, mm -hmm. but as we've gone sort of more towards the social movement idea and approach of resilience revolution, uh, we obviously still try and stick with 10 to 16, but a lot of our work is just sort of whole town in, in our approach and what we try and do. So, you know, we've had some young people that started the programme 13, 14, uh, really got a lot from being a young person and have now made that journey successfully to becoming uh, peer youth engagement workers. So they've gone from being young people that might have started off in a resilience committee or part of one of our out of school groups and they're now a paid member of the team that support the next generation of young people to get involved with Head Start and the Resilience Revolution. Okay. Do you have a, do you have a rough number of how many young people you work with? No. No. <laughs> 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 no, I just wouldn't you had it. It would be, because obviously we've had that resilience committee, so from a youth engagement perspective, we've done stuff with resilience committees, 
Um, but then obviously we've had like resilience coaches which have done stuff in school. We've had our bounce forward program which has been with all year fives across every primary school. So across, you know, if you think of all the young people that have uh, been part of the bounce forward program, then the young people that have been involved in resilience committees, uh, our friendships through Friend for Life and the volunteering side of it, there's probably like thousands of young people across the town that have directly engaged with Head Start. But as we'll see from our discussion today, through different links with different youth and community groups across Blackpool and different, you know, different departments within local authorities, within the private sector as well, we would like to hope that we've had a positive indirect impact on a lot of young people as well. Okay. So a lot of kids. Yeah. <laughs> so as we're going to be talking about resilience tonight, how do you promote resilience with young people? Um, one of the mechanisms that we use, um, as Sam mentioned, is our resilience framework. Um, and I know that you guys use that here at the Carer Centre as well. Um, the resilience framework is um, a tool that was created by Angie Hart at Brighton University and Boing Boing. Um, it's made up of 42 resilient moves. And each of those resilient moves is something that each and every one of us do every single day without even realising that we're doing it. So that might be something like um, getting enough exercise and fresh air. That could be you walk to school every day. And those things are the things that help us to become more resilient. So as Sam just mentioned, um, we talk about beating the odds whilst changing the odds. Beating the odds is very much about the individual person or the individual family and about what you can do and the things you can do to make your home situation better and the things you can do to get through tough times. Um, whilst, like Sam said, changing the odds is very much about changing the system and changing it for the wider community. But by using resilient moves and looking at the resilient moves that you make every day, you begin to build your own resilience and, and recognise those in individual things in yourself that we call ordinary magic. Yeah, with the, the framework, I looked at it and I was like, I do that, I do that. And you don't even realise you're doing these resilient moves as you're doing them. So seeing the framework and actually realising that you're doing them, it, it brings it out of you and makes you feel more resilient, I suppose, and makes you acknowledge that what you're doing is, is good for you. Yeah, that's really good that you feel that way. And as Michaela was just saying, um, it was an academic called Dan Maston that coined the term ordinary magic. So it's great, Dom, to hear that you're saying, oh, well, actually, I looked at the framework and I was already doing quite a lot of those things anyway. And that's what we would really hope resonates with young people and families when we're in schools and when we're out and about in the community as well. It's not, you know, um, we have se seven fundamentals within the resilience revolution. And, uh, you know, I, I won't list all of them, but social justice is really important in terms of considering obviously you know we've said about the systems change obviously by having that social justice approach you kind of recognize that oh actually maybe these systems that our young people and families are interact interacting with sorry um and maybe causing some of these challenges but another fundamental that is really important when working with anybody it's that asset-based approach and that's exactly the stuff you were saying there dom about looking at it and feeling quite good and going oh hey actually i'm already making quite a lot of these resilient moves so that's really really good and that's how we would encourage anybody to engage with it as well and um, it isn't like maslow's hierarchy of needs in the sense that obviously the five columns we have are basics belonging learning coping and core self and you don't have to be doing them all in basics before you can move on to belonging and so on. It's not a linear model. It's yeah. just if you're making a resilient move, then great. And we really think that it can really, uh, that, that making one resilient move can really lead on to a positive chain reaction. And from making one, you could identify then two or three different resilient moves that you're making. So it's great that uh, people are looking at it and feeling like, oh, hey, we're already doing that. And 
What's really cool about the resilience framework is it's evidence-based. So there's an evidence base behind each resilient move that you know suggests that even just by making a few of these resilient moves, it could have a really positive impact. Yeah. So, so if our listeners were wanting to see the resilience framework, where else would they find that? Is that on your website? Uh, yeah. So there's lots of places they can go. So they can go to the Boing Boing website. Um, which has lots of the frameworks in different languages and different styles and so on. So it's very accessible. We've really made sure that that that's the case. Um, And you can check out, we have lots of uh, social media, sort of various combinations of HS Blackpool, Head Start Blackpool, Resilience Revolution. If you Google all those things, you'll sort of, uh, you'll find us. But HS Blackpool on different social media forms, we've got Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. And so on. We've Twitter. got quite a lot of them stuck around our office, haven't we? Yeah. So I see a lot of them in school as well. Yeah. Is that the main thing to get them in schools? Or is it just like to get them as much places as you can? Yeah, the more eyes you see it, I suppose. Is yeah, because yeah. I've, I've always seen it but never actually like read all of it, so it's always just been there. Yeah. So could you give us a breakdown of a few of the moves and how maybe you could progress through your day like you did before? So the resilient moves, are, like I said, there's 42 resilient moves um, and, you know, it's probably impossible for us to make 42 resilient moves in a day, but even by making one or two, like Sam said, um, you know, you begin to feel more resilient. So Sam talked before about having the aching one move can knock onto another and another and another. So for instance, if we get enough sleep in the evening, we might organise ourselves a bit better, which might make school or college work as well as it possibly can. It might mean that we get up in the morning and have a healthy diet and we've then got time to walk to school, which is giving us exercise and fresh air. It might then um, help us to uh, make more healthy uh, more healthy relationships because we're in a better mood, because we're in a better sleep, we've eaten well and we've had some exercise in the day. Um, and it, then it's also us taking responsibility for ourselves. So by making one resilient move, you can see how that has an effect on another and another yeah. and another. And that could continue throughout the day. So like a, a good night's sleep will yeah. mean that you'll wake up early and you'll have time for breakfast. Absolutely. And then you'll be able to walk to school and get some exercise and fresh air. And then you'll be in a good mood to make friends. So is that four resilient moves that we've mentioned there? Absolutely. Just by changing one thing in your day and getting yeah. enough sleep the night before, you've then not had made four more resilient moves the following day. Or before you four, get to school. Yeah, or <laughs> before you got to school, and then there's another four. How many did you say were all together? 40? 42. 42. Yeah. So hopefully you can knock on and try and get them all out in a week. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? One of my favourite resilient moves is just having a laugh. I think that sometimes we don't do enough of that, and we, yeah. you know, life can be really tough sometimes, but finding that time just to have a little bit of a giggle during the daytime and be a bit mm-hmm. silly and be a bit giddy always makes you feel better and makes you feel a bit more resilient. So. I think working with you helps for that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so now should we talk about Blackpool Carer Centre and resilience and how we might use it to help our young carers? I'll pass you over to Sam and Amy. Yeah, so we have um, the resilience framework as part of our young carers assessment. So when we go out and see a young carer um, to have a look at what support they might need around a caring role, we we look at the framework together and we try and identify which resilient moves they they already have. Um, and to us, you know, we, we kind of talk about young carers every day as part of our work and to us, young carers are probably one of the most resilient groups of, of young people there are because of what they do at home and what they do for other people and they, they display that resilience every day. Um, so we, we, look and we look at the resilient moves that they're displaying already Sometimes it's a couple and then we and sometimes it's lots and we talk about how even just having one or two, that 
that has a knock-on effect on all the other different moves that there are. And it can impact their care in real time, I suppose. It can help them yeah. be more resilient with, with those moves. If you do some resilient moves and you go home, you're feeling better about yourself. Yeah. And it makes your caring role a bit easier as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, a lot of the time caring roles can be stressful, especially for a young person. So having those moves like having a laugh, things like that, it it's encourages positivity. That's how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously we do sort of respite sessions and stuff like that in which we would embed certain sort of aspects of the resilience framework as well, wouldn't we? So things like having a laugh, um, being active, learning new skills. Learning new skills, there. yeah. So yeah. we've got like Duke of Edinburgh and stuff that we do. So we sort of embed the resilience framework, not just in the sort of one-to-one work and the assessment sort of tool, but also in all the sort of other stuff that we do within the centre as well. As well, during one-to-one sessions, so the resilience framework is great when you've got it in front of you on paper, but I think what's amazing is in Blackpool Town Centre, the framework, is it on Talbot Road? On Talbot Road, yeah. The, the resilience the, pathway. The resilience pathway, yeah. So all the moves, and it's all in colour, it's really colourful, all the moves are what are they? Are they, pa- are they spray paint? Paint. No, paint. paint. They're engraved in the paving. Yeah. Right. So I know, especially during lockdown as well, I've been with a couple of young carers and I've taken them there because it's outdoors and we were, we could, and we've gone d- and we've walked down it and we've looked at the moves that way rather than sat in a one-to-one session looking at the, the framework on a piece of paper. Yeah. And it's just another way of, of using it and looking at it, but actually. By being outdoors and having fresh air, so you're kind of using it. Using it whilst, it whilst, whilst, whilst you're giving yeah. it. Yeah. So I think that's really great as well. It's a really great tool as well to use. And I think, <laughs> I think as well, some family, the whole families use it, don't they? I've seen it in on people's fridges and stuff before, and they've sort of ticked off what they've done within in the day. Like you said, mm. you know, you'll find that you're actually doing more than you think within each day, and the whole family can do that and sort of become resilient, a resilient family almost. Yeah, and I think like you said before, by focusing on what you are doing, you know, life can be so negative and it's so easy to focus on the negatives a lot of the time, but by actually switching it and focusing on what you are doing, mm-hmm. it just creates a, a more positive life, I suppose, doesn't yeah. it? And it's like that knock-on effect then, isn't it? You, you go from strength to strength then. Yeah. It's like a glass half full compared to a glass half empty mm-hmm. situation, isn't it? If you're yeah. looking for the negative, you're going to feel down, you're going to, that's how you're going to feel, but if you look at the positive things that you're doing, then it makes you feel better about yourself, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, that really, again, it sort of just like really stems from that asset-based approach and that looking for the positives and identifying them, and uh, I wouldn't get away with coming on your podcast and not quickly mentioning the Noble Truths, which are on the Resilience Framework as well, and it's all those things in there around, so obviously you've got the 42 Resilient Moves, and then the Noble Truths kind of under, underpin the five strands that we have there, um, and they are accepting, conserving, uh, commitment and enlisting, and obviously the first two there around accepting where people are at, where individuals are, where schools are, where different department services, systems are at, and 
conserving is that idea of whatever's really going well for a young person, a family, a, a school, an organisation, and actually helping them conserve that and really recognise that they have got some good things going and really keeping them going because some people might not maybe have as many positives to identify and I think that makes it even more important that you really conserve those and make sure that they're kind of celebrated and you keep hold of them. Yeah, 100%. As we're joined by a couple of young people, Hello. shall we um, introduce them and ask them what resilience means <coughs> to them? So we've got Neve and we've got Tia. Can you both so what, what, what does resilience mean <laughs> to you guys? Tia, I've known you for quite a few years, so don't pretend you're shy for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so first, just, just a word, resilience. What, what would you say resilience means or is? Bouncing forward from bad times. Mm-hmm. Like if you've ha- gone through something and like you're using the resilience framework and the resilience moves, then it makes it easier to like punch forward. Yeah, so it's like showing strength in adversity, isn't it? When you yeah. when you come up to a challenge, you you don't run away from a challenge. You kind of go through it and you meet it head on, isn't it? Yeah. So um. <laughs> <laughs> so so can you give us maybe an example of where you've shown resilience? in your life um coming to care is like being brave and meeting new people yeah that's like two things and having a laugh mm-hmm. um did you two know each other before you came here yeah yeah we go to school together were so you friends then not did really friends we knew each other but we weren't really friends yeah. until we came carers and we found out we had more in common than we thought yeah so so do you have a, an example of resilience move Maybe why you've shown resilience in your life. Yeah, I think it was the same with like coming to carers and everything. Like I didn't know anyone from carers, and it's just always a bit weird being there. But now it's just like a regular thing we do. And like I'll go into a school or something with you, and I'll be like, ah, oh, I can't wait to go to carers tonight because it's yeah. a fun thing and it's like a break and it's just like that one thing in the day. If you've got like a bad lesson or something in the day, you're like, oh, at least I get to do something fun when I come home from school. So that's kind of like resilience in a way. Yeah, well, it's focusing on the positives, isn't yeah. it? Finding time for your interests as well, isn't it? And yeah. meeting new people and building on those relationships that you have. Tia, your experience and obviously journey uh, with obviously resilience, the resilience revolution, the framework and so on, is maybe a little bit different. So obviously um, I met you at, uh, when you were at primary school, didn't year I? Five. In year five. And oh. you were part of the brilliant resilience committee, let's give Let's give St John Vianney's a shout out for the brilliant work they did in. Hi, St John Vianney's, I miss you. Proper shout out for the team at SJV, uh, nice one to you. Um, so obviously you would have uh, came across the resilience framework, then wouldn't you? And the yeah. definition of resilience and different things. And um, dead proud of you, by the way, to hear you still with your bounce forward from tough times reference, and really, you know, sort of, it's clear to see how much you've sort of like, you know, remembered from it and stuff. I wondered, so obviously we use the resilience framework at Head Start and you know the version we're looking at today was co-produced by young people, nice and colourful and you know really for young people and so on. What was it like for you maybe, because obviously you'd left St John Vianney's before you started coming to the Carer Centre, didn't you? Yeah. What was it like then seeing people from Head Start, you might have recognised like you know me and Kayla around the building at times or seeing the resilience framework and that being part of some of the work that they do. What was that like for you seeing that sort of connection between the two? It made it like more natural because I knew you and like it made it easier to use the resilience framework in the day to day at carers because you were here and I've known you for such a long time. 
but so in your daily life you say you use the framework do you do something one of the, the moves and, and realize think to yourself that's a resilient move sometimes like sometimes at the end of the day i go back and think about what i've done and sometimes like i recognize the different things that i've done that do come back to the resilience framework and it like makes you feel good about yourself because you're recognizing the different things that you probably didn't recognize in the moment mm. so that's re that's reflection isn't it yeah it's looking back on your day and thinking you know what overall it might have been a really rubbish day but actually looking at that i've actually shown i've done i've I've made a lot of resilient moves that day. Yeah. It gives you a bit of a boost, doesn't it? Yeah. Actually, maybe the day's not been as bad as I thought. Do you think having something that, that's that colourful and in that format with like the little emojis, pictures and stuff, do you feel like that, that makes it easier for young people to reflect on the highs and lows of a day maybe than, than sort of just maybe going off your own sort of reflections? Yeah, because like if it was all in black and white, then it wouldn't be as like engaging and like it wouldn't draw your attention as much because it wouldn't be so bright and like nice. <laughs> so I think we've um, pretty much covered resilience and what it means to us and what it means to young people. Um, shall we move on to our quiz? Yes. And we'll do a little quiz to finish on. We're going to have three teams for young people against Head Start, against Blackwell Carers Centre. Team's Head Start. That's the only reason Kayla and I agreed to be on the podcast. What to lose at the quiz? Exactly. The prize is prize. There's no actual prize. So we're going to do a quick quiz. It's um, six questions, all about Blackpool, really. Um, most of the answers are numbers, so it's, it's going to be closest to you'll get the point if you don't get dead on. Um, so we'll just fire through them really fast. We'll see who wins. Who who knows the most about Blackpool? So first question is, how tall is Blackpool Tower in metres? If you write an answer down for me, then we'll go through <laughs> who's closest. Two. In metres, how tall is Blackpool yeah. Tower? Has everyone got an answer down? Yeah. Has everyone got an answer is down? Is metres the only metric you're taking? Yes, because that's the only one that I've got. <laughs> <laughs> right, so has everyone wrote something down? Yeah. We're going to start with the carer's centre. What answer have you got? Oh, uh, we were 250 metres. Okay, that's not correct. <laughs> uh, we'll start. We've got 512 feet, but we don't know what that is in metres. Well, you're going to have to guess. Sam, that's over to what you. What do you guess, carer's centre? Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that information is classified. 250, right, we'll go 170. 170. That's so short. What have you guys gone for, the young people? Hmm. What have we gone for? We went for 500 metres. 500 metres. The answer is 158 metres. So head start. <laughs> head start. Yes, team. Yes, team. Yes, yes, no, you didn't. You said 500. And I think you'll find that's about 512 feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to question two. Can I just add what Amy just said to me? Because we got the answer wrong. You go for it. She said, maybe it's because I'm small, the tower looks bigger. <laughs> <laughs> it's about point. <laughs> just to be clear, you didn't classify if it was the Eiffel Tower or the Blackpool Tower. I'm so pretty sure I said Blackpool that, Tower. That was our answer. <laughs> we, were going, we were going for like a different tower. So head, head start, get the point. 1-0 to head start. Right, the, the world's longest stick of rock was made in Blackpool. How long was it? And you get a bonus in point. If you can tell me the weight in kilograms as well. I'm not. Do you want the length, length in meters? Yeah. No, the length in feet. Length in miles. Feet. 
<laughs> and the weight in kilograms. I'm going to have to give it a guess. The longest stick of rod. In what length, like, measurement? Feet. Feet, yeah. How big is it? Six foot person. I'm six feet. I'm five foot six. What? And you want the weight in kilograms? Kilograms, yeah. I'm going to have to rush you guys. This is a podcast, so we need the answers fast. So you've got feet yeah. and kilograms. Yeah, yeah, feet yeah. and kilograms. Yeah. Okay, we'll come to the care centre first again. How long in feet? We said 874 feet. <laughs> 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 That's about two Blackpool Towers based on the last question. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And the weight? 78 kilograms. <laughs> I know there's a big discrepancy between the length and the weight there. It must have been a very skinny, long piece of You never rock. specified if it was hollow or not. Okay, well, rock's not really hollow. Sticker rock's not hollow. Let's go to head start. Uh, 60 feet and 30 kilos. Okay. Um, I've got the young people. Change your answers there, guys. <gasps> no. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. The young people went for. We put 10 foot because. Yeah. Okay, and the weight? We didn't. No. Just throw a number. A hundred. No. No. <laughs> I'll take a hundred. Okay. <laughs> the answer was 19 feet. The length. Oh. So the young people get the point there. Well, yeah. And the weight was. 413 kilograms. Oh wow! So it weighed a lot. You it must have been a really thick piece of rock. Yeah. So who got the who got the highest Us. kilograms? You said we 100. Said 78 kilograms. We said 30. I said 100. So young people oh, get two oh. points. Oh my god! Yes. Oh, well done. Get in there. Question three is: In 1977, a famous animal turned on the illuminations. What was it? Oh, oh I know what it is. An old house Okay, if I wasn't right. What? Right, right. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Do you have to put what, what the name was it? Uh, just, just give me what information you have about the animal. And what come to the young people first then. Wait, no one's still right. Okay, so, I remember my mum telling me about this. Was it? A sheep that was a clone called Valley. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a clone sheep. There was a clone sheep called Dolly. Not in 1977. No, and it didn't turn on the other. Okay, we're going to come to head start next. Okay, great. Pretty sure we've got it right, and we think it was the famous racehorse Ready Run. Okay, and Kara Centre, what did you get? Oh. <laughs> we went for Sooty the Bear. <laughs> Imagine! <laughs> the right answer was the famous racehorse Red Run. Yes! Isn't that from like Conjuring? How? Is it Red Room from Conjuring? It's so unfair. We weren't even aware. How did you do it? Were they alive? No one thought it. Right, so how many weeks did it take them to take all the illuminations down? They don't take any down. Oh, yeah. No, because it takes me. Has everyone got an answer for me? But we want you to. Are we going to come to head start first? At 14 weeks. Okay. Care Centre? Oh, God. Three. And the young people? Four. 
The answer is 14 weeks head start. What? Oh, again. How did you know that? You definitely know It does take a long time to take them down. So, Why bit of teamwork. Michaela bought 16. I said 12. said 12. I've done some stuff for the elimination, so I thought it was about 16 weeks, so we just agreed to meet in the middle. See, that is, I think that is unfair, as you have done work for the eliminations. It's time to I think they had an unfair advantage. We're going to have to move on to question five. Sorry. Sorry. So yeah. at the moment, the scores, I think, are Head Start have three points, yeah. the Young People have two points, and Blackwood Carrier Centre have no points. Great. Nil <laughs> Sorry. Question five. How many years does it take to paint the Blackpool Tower? So I need an answer. Yeah, I'm going to come to Blackpool Care Centre first. Six years. Six years. Head start. Four years. Four years. Ten, Ten years. years. The answer is seven years. So it's the first point yes! of Blackpool Care Centre. <laughs> yeah, they were closer. So it's one, two, three. Last question. So first the worst, second the best. Um, how many light bulbs are there on Blackpool Tower? Lights on there. Light bulbs. How many oh bulbs are on Blackpool Tower? So Did I have them all the way up? All the way up. I'll give you a clue, it's in the thousands. Okay. The that I was gonna say that today. The one thousands or the two thousands or the one thousands. Yeah. Why does you look at us also? I hope the young people win. Has everyone got an answer for me? Young people have got an answer? I'll come to young people last. Yeah. We're going to go to head start since they're winning. 7,000. 7,000 lights on Blackpool Tower. We're going to come to Blackpool Carer Centre. 27,000. 27,000 light bulbs on Blackpool Carer Centre. And the young people? 1,500. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's not right, young people. The answer is 25,000. You said it was a lot. You said it was I was pointing up. That yeah, is not our fault. Um, so that was two, two, three. So head start oh. one overall. Three points. We like to let our guests win. Yeah, we're going to yeah, it was definitely on purpose. <laughs> we felt bad. I appreciate the gesture. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is the part of the podcast where we sign off. Um, we'd like to thank our guests for coming on. Head start, Michaela, Sam. Thank thanks you for having for, us. Yeah, thanks for coming on and telling us all about the <coughs> resilience revolution. Tom Twister for me. But I got through <laughs> the podcast, I think, okay. I think you did perfectly well. Yeah, no, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, and our young people, thanks for joining us again. How did you find it? It was fun. Yeah, even though you lost the quiz. <laughs> yeah. And Sam and Amy, it's always a pleasure. Never a chore. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you hit the like button, maybe even subscribe so you never miss a future episode. And feel free to share it with your friends and family. The more people that hear the podcast and more ears that listen to it, the more carers, young people we can help. Or ho hopefully, they can come in and get some support from us. So, we really encourage you to, to share it on your walls, on Facebook, on Instagram. Share the link, pass it on to your friends by word of mouth. And um, thanks for listening, I suppose. Yeah. Remember, if you or someone you know is a carer living in Blackpool, please visit blackpoolcarers.org for more information on how we can provide support or give us a call on 01253 393 748.
thanks for joining us for Who Cares, a Young Carers podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please drop us a like or leave a comment in the section below and let us know how we are doing. We'd also really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And feel free to share the pod with your friends and family. Thank you.